0: We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council.
1: Coming up on the WSJ Media Mix podcast, in a busy few weeks for advertising controversies, Pepsi withdraws a big budget TV ad.
2: Welcome to the WSJ Media Mix podcast, bringing you interviews and analysis with people that matter in the fast-changing media business.
1: Hello and welcome to the WSJ Media Mix podcast. I'm Jack Marshall in New York. I'm joined today by WSJ advertising editor Suzanne Vranica. Suzanne, how are you?
3: Great. Thanks for having me.
1: And we are joined by Jennifer Maloney, who covers uh, the beverage and tobacco industries for The Wall Street Journal. Jen, how are you?
2: Great, how
1: are you? Good, thanks for being here. So it's been a busy few weeks for av- advertising controversies of sort of various different flavors. Suze, you're laughing. I know you've been involved with a lot of these. <laughs>
3: Madison Avenue is on fire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we've had marketers putting ads from YouTube after ads were showing up in sort of questionable places, let's say. Um, this week we've also, have, have also had advertisers pulling out of the Bill O'Reilly show on Fox News, following uh, sort of reports of sexual harassment allegations there. And then today we had Pepsi withdrawing a big-budget TV ad it produced um, after a big consumer backlash online. Um, So, Jen, I know you've been close to this situation. Talk us through it. What was the ad all about? Why was it met with such hostility? and, And why did Pepsi pull it ultimately?
2: So this ad centers on a group of racially diverse protesters who are marching down the street. And Kendall Jenner, who you may know from, Uh, the Kardashian reality show or um, as she's also a fashion model she appears in this ad as a fashion model in the middle of a photo shoot she peels off her blonde wig uh, she wipes off her lipstick and she joins the protesters and they confront a line of stone-faced cops and at the climax of the ad she hands a cop a Pepsi he cracks it open and the crowd goes wild Um, the, the derision started immediately on social media in response to this ad and interestingly the criticism came from both liberals and conservatives Um, folks who uh, are on the left felt that it was trivializing real concerns about police violence and it was sort of co-opting the black lives matter movement and people on the right felt that it was anti-law enforcement Um, so everyone was united in hating this ad
1: so what was pepsi's statement um I know they said, I think they said it missed the mark. I think that was their language.
2: Yeah. So initially they defended it, but today uh, they changed their tune and they said. Clearly, we missed the mark, and we apologize. We were trying to project a global message of unity, peace, and understanding. Uh, We didn't intend to make light of any serious issue. And then they also apologized for putting Kendall Jenner in this position. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this
3: is the broader issue here, right? You have marketers now who are prone, more than they ever had been, to tap into sort of the zeitgeist and what's going on. Um, Well, this is a
1: big trend around social, political Absolutely. Being socially
3: conscious, having an opinion of about things, they don't want to pick a side necessarily, but they want to be reflected of what's going on. Um, I think in this case, it definitely went. People were curious. They were more than the fact that they were upset. They were like, "What is this thing trying to say?" So I think, even though it hit missed the mark with some and they criticize it, others were just like, "Are you?" I don't even get this thing. So, But we've seen this over the last year, right? There's been plenty of examples of people taking this social consciousness, putting in their advertising, and it not going exactly the way they thought. Um, Audi did it during the Super Bowl, promoting sort of equal gender equality rights for women and pay. And people loved it, but there was plenty of people that were just like, this is pandering and, you know, you're playing into a topic. So brands really should be very leery about going to this place. And the fact that a lot of brands are doing this, there's also this other problem when that happens, everything kind of looks the same. So there's other issues that's going to stem from all this.
1: Yeah, well, there were a few ads. I mean, you mentioned Audi during the Super Bowl that sort of tried to tap into a similar theme. To, to what extent, I mean, there's the old adage, any, any publicity is good publicity. Um, obviously, this Pepsi ad had a lot of people talking online. Admittedly, most of the tweets I saw were people scratching their heads and slightly confused by it. Um, but to what extent do you think that's sort of the point here, just to generate discussion sort of more generally i don't
3: think pepsi wants this kind of discussion right but i will say we see this every couple of months this one's definitely bigger than we've seen there was about 110 thousand comments uh measured by one company that we called and they said 26 or 28 percent of them were negative which is a pretty significant mark like they don't see that kind of negativity on advertising uh you know maybe one or two a year they said a couple of years so Definitely Pepsi didn't want that. But these things erupt on social media and we all think, oh my God, I I don't know if this is to the point where people are going to be like, I'm not drinking Pepsi. People might say they're not going to buy, you know, drink Pepsi. Uh, You know what? I tend to not think that's going to happen. They tend to blow over. And I didn't see a lot of, in, in the research that we pulled, it wasn't a lot of, people were more... Upset because they didn't understand it, and we're sort of reading things into the ad. So I don't see it having a long term effect, and and we've seen this happen on countless other brands this year. I think social media just lends itself to that.
1: Yeah, Jen, do you agree? I mean, is this sort of going to blow over as as quickly as? <laughs> I mean, these ads. Uh months in the making, typically, as well. So it's, you know, to release an ad and then to pull it so quickly is...
2: Yeah, I think it blows sort of over. I mean, it hadn't even aired on TV yet. Yeah. Um, so they've sort of yanked it uh, before it even has a, a broader impact. But th- I think the remarkable thing is that brands these days run such a risk of of a social media backlash snowballing literally overnight. Um, It didn't used to be that way before social media really became this, this big, huge factor that, that, Marketers had to contend with not just as an opportunity to get their message out, but as this dangerous threat that could potentially undermine their efforts. Ads used to take a little while. What what people would do? You'd have somebody send
3: a letter or an organization. There's always people that are part of groups or you know have agendas, and they would use ads and send come you know send letters to you know advertising reporters or to companies. And so there's t- tons of examples of ads that have been pulled over the years, but it usually took a lot longer for them to pull. Now it's in within a couple of hours, things can go wrong for you. So the speed of which this is happening. And also I would say that the groups out there – and this sort of ties into some of the other sort of uh, controversies that we've seen this week too. You know, if you have an agenda – Uh, that you want to get publicity for, no better way to get an ad pulled, let me tell you, or to sort of start some movement on social media and attack some corporation because that sort of lends itself to more publicity. And as much as there was social media chatter that Pepsi's dealing with today, it's now three days' worth of, you know, stories, you know, including us about, hey, they've pulled this ad. So even if you didn't catch the ad online, you know, or you weren't on Twitter to see all the mess last night, you know about it now.
1: So how did Pepsi get into this situation? I mean, we just alluded to this, but, you know, typically these TV ads, they go through huge focus groups, a lot of research, you know, advertising agencies, uh, you know, have built businesses around doing this. Um, so, I mean, how did this one sort of flunk so badly? I mean, did they not test it adequately? Or, well, that uh, or remains
3: to be seen. We haven't found out how much rigor was put behind this ad. Typically, the CPG companies are pretty test-driven. Um, Pepsi has been sort of moving to a faster place in terms of producing lots of content and advertising content as a lot of other advertisers are. So even though we don't know, they have been on this track to move things more fast. So I'm wondering if that is the case here. We'll find out and you know, hopefully report on some of that. I think that's an interesting question. Was this a case of... It really didn't have time, you know, to go through the vetters that it usually does or do the focus group things. We don't know that yet. But I think this is a broader lesson for companies that, I mean, if it turns out that they didn't test it, I don't know, maybe there'll be a mad rush to hire some focus group people
2: in the next couple of weeks. And it was done in-house, <laughs> we should know. It
1: was done in-house, yeah. That, I was going to say that next. So, I mean, Pepsi has been sort of moving away with working, from working with third-party advertising agencies. So I, what, what does this situation say about that move. Do you well,
3: think? Pepsi's going to this this content marketing, right? So we're going to pr- become a publisher and produce our own content. And as part of that, they're doing a lot of their own advertising. They still so work with agencies. They have sort agencies. of an in-house they have agency, the whole studio. Basically. They have like, you know, they have deep relationships for years with a lots of talent in Hollywood. So therefore they they have direct access where some marketers don't. So they have been more aggressive than some. So I guess the lesson here would be for like if this is a result of that, there's a good correlation people will be asking. That question today, like, what does this mean? Is this an implication on that model? And it's yet to be seen because really no one knows how much testing it doesn't mean that you know it, it wasn't tested, we don't know that. Yeah. But I'm yeah. sure those are the questions that Pepsi's are asking people are asking Pepsi today.
1: It's an interesting case study, if Absolutely. nothing else. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Join us after this. We've all felt left out,
0: and for people who move to this country,
1: that feeling lasts more than a moment.
0: We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council.
2: I'm Veronica Dagger, and I want to retire rich. How about you? Then listen to the Watching Your Wealth podcast. We'll help you get there. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts and find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and now Spotify. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now now. Back to the show.
1: Welcome back to the WSJ Media Mix podcast. We are joined now by Sarah Rabel, uh, deputy bureau chief for WSJ's media and marketing reporting team here in New York. Suze, how are you? Thanks That's, for having I'm sorry, me. Sorry, Sarah. How That's are right, you? It's Suzanne's all right. still here as well. Um, so yeah, we wanted to talk as well. Another ad controversy, as I mentioned in the top half uh, this week, has been advertisers pulling out of the Bill O'Reilly show on Fox News um, following news of some sexual harassment allegations. Um, There's been a lot of talk just generally about brand safety over the past few weeks, again, sort of related to the YouTube situation. But this is a big issue that's, you know, it's been going on for a while, let's say. Um, So I just kind of wanted to get your guys' sense on that. Um, How does sort of... The YouTube situation relate to the Fox News situation. I mean, is there sort of a parallel there, Suze? Do you it's
3: think? a ba- there's a basic principle in advertising, right? Advertisers like to be associated with good content and clean content, non controversial. So, anytime your ad is next to, adjacent to, embedded in anything that's controversial, like brands don't like controversy. So, whether it happens online, at the store, wherever it is, they're going to pull. And we saw that with Google and YouTube, and we're seeing that on the Bill O'Reilly, on Bill O'Reilly. Uh, this is just advertisers saying I can't be associated with that kind of behavior. But I think there's things going on in this in the world today in terms of issues that have become really enormous that people care about. Right, the women's issue is a wildly popular issue right now, and I think companies have been under pressure about it. Right, and so. This is involving women. So how, you know, Brand, this is a double whammy. How can you be on a show, they're asking themselves, that has been implicated in this way?
0: And I really do think The O'Reilly Show... Uh Illustrates the sensitivity that advertisers have around it because let's be clear here, O'Reilly is not admitting to any wrongdoing. He is saying he denies these allegations, but he made settlement payments just because he wanted to spare his family because he's targeted by these types of lawsuits. And so advertisers aren't saying, "Oh my gosh, this guy's a sexual harasser, get me out." It's it's an, a perception issue. Yeah, it's a perception issue, and they can't be anywhere near it, basically.
3: No, and even when something happens, like you know, with an athlete. Endorsements. We saw it with Tiger Woods. You know, we've seen it for years. They have to pull away. And it's a tricky situation sometimes, especially on the endorsement circuit. Uh, There was an endorsement, don't forget, I forget the sneaker brand, but they had pulled out of their contract with a a player because they had got caught with marijuana or some kind of drugs. And anyway, it turned out that he was cleared of all charges and the player came back and sued the brand. So, you know, they don't take pulling lightly. But when a firestorm erupts, they don't want to be anywhere near that. Absolutely.
0: But how long are they willing to stay away, right? I mean, if you look at the YouTube situation, I mean, you, advertisers need those types of platforms. So the question is, how long can advertisers really throw their dollars around to make a difference? Because at some point, they need to put their ads places. And so I think that's also a question on O'Reilly is, what's the tipping point? Like, are they just staying away for a little while? They've been moving their ads to other shows on Fox News. but
1: Well, to be clear, yeah, they're, they're only pulling out of O'Reilly, right? Exactly. It's not like- they're moving money out of TV or Fox, specifically.
0: Right, right. right. Fox News isn't taking a financial hit at this stage. Right. So. And the fact
3: of the matter is, look, it could, because they don't advertise, if they never come back to O'Reilly there are plenty of places to advertise. With Google, it's a different situation. No one really wants to cook, cut off Google, right? They know that they need to reach their audience. They're one of very few places that you could go for that kind of reach online, especially on the f- platforms. So I, I think it's a different situation between Google and O'Reilly. Um, I think they'll be much more forgiving of Google than they will of O'Reilly. There's plenty of other TV shows that they go to. In fact, they you can go on the same network. But I do think you'll have brands, again, tying back to this, We need to make a statement because we are a purpose driven brand. There's this this thing out there about we have to stand for something. You know, if you're making a statement, well then if you do return, what does that say about your brand, especially for advertisers who now have begun to incorporate this, this you know, female equality, gender equality statements into their advertising. For those in particular, this is like you can't be anywhere near that program. So I think it, it depends on the advertiser. But there's there's all these layers to this one that yeah. we're not used to seeing.
1: Well, that's really interesting. I mean, Sarah, as you said, you know, this is a perception issue. Sue, as you just alluded to, to what extent – is this type of controversy almost like an opportunity to to demonstrate as a brand what you stand for? I mean, you have reporters calling you and Completely. saying, hey, we saw your ads. It's a chance to sort of put out a statement. Absolutely. Get in the press for, you know, yeah. the, the right reasons, I guess.
3: Yeah. I mean, when you're going to put a quote out, I'm sure there's plenty of P- PR people there's crafting the exactly the same, you know, the lines that they were. I think there was plenty of companies that talked about how they, t- you know, took this issue of gender, diversity, equality. That was part of some of the statements yesterday. You know, whether or not a company believes that, you know, I'm sure it's, you know, let's we all want to think they're all good. But I'm sure it was part of a communications plan. Right. You know, and plenty of companies are under pressure, specifically on Madison Avenue. Um, in the entertainment business, in uh, technology. technology about the lack of diversity in their ranks. So for these companies, anybody associated in any of those industries, now's the perfect chance. But they have to go lightly with that, right? Because then, you know, new papers like us and other media will call them out on it, right? Like you, you're basically putting this in a quote, but yet you only have 20% female running your tech team. You know, right. like
0: right. It, it's a, this is definitely a PR person's dilemma today. So it's interesting to see which brands actually come from, forward with statements in which are quietly just telling Fox News hey don't run my stuff on O'Reilly for the time being wait till it quiets down so it's interesting to see which ones are willing to really come out front and center about it there's a reason
1: yeah so what does this say I mean you just touched on this but more broadly about sort of digital versus TV which we talk about a lot on this podcast um, but you know I'm sure a- around the YouTube situation as we reported we've had sort of TV networks coming out and saying hey you know this type of thing doesn't happen on TV.
3: Oh, of course, they like to use it as leverage, yeah. and they've been doing that for years. The problem, you know, the, everybody's fighting over the do- the dollars and trying to get TV dollars to flow to digital and hoping they've caught YouTube at a weak moment. But I think what's interesting is um, a couple of people we talked to yesterday about um, the O'Reilly stuff. You know, YouTube and Google have said, look, we're never going to get to this 100 percent case where it's going to be completely clean. Yeah. And, and and most are like, okay, fine, just get it as clean as you can. Others are saying, well, you know what, on TV, they have to get it 100% clean. And if they don't, we pull our advertising and then we don't go back. So and everybody's like, well, if, if, if YouTube really wants TV dollars, then why can't you get to 100%, you know, and it's a tech issue. So if this is a, an interesting little dilemma, like, you've got two of the exact same close enough situations happening and you're seeing how both handle it but they're basically all using it as leverage against each other
1: is it easier in theory for the tv networks to sort of offer that type of guarantee because again as we've talked about with youtube it has to sift through you know thousands of hours of video on a daily basis with tv in theory unless it's live which bill O'Reilly is you know there's only 24 hours of programming there so you sort of have a better sense of, of where your ads are going to you run. You
3: would think, although we called advertisers in the last night and they were they like, had no I, I had to, our ads are not supposed to be on there. And, and then they had to call their agencies and the agencies didn't know why they were on there. So it can get, be a little murky in TV as well. But I do believe that, yes, they have a legitimate concern there. But then on the other spectrum, you've got people on the buy side and the advertising side and market is saying, look, if they can put driverless cars on the road and they can do all of these things and they're technology geniuses, they can do this. And you know what? they They've responded so quickly. Think about this. They've now got AI technology looking at this. It was already in use at certain platforms. So why wasn't it being used on this? Like, things like this happen for a reason. And then when they happen, then the advertisers have the leverage to demand that they go further. So they will fix it. Will it ever be 100%? Probably not. But if it doesn't get to the the, the point where advertisers really need to be, then they're going to speak with their dollars. It's just how the system works. It's like a, it
0: regulates itself.
1: Yeah. But, Sarah, to your point, you know, we're we're not expecting any big hit on Fox's revenues as a result of this situation. I mean,
0: the question is, where's the tipping point? Not at this stage. It depends on how long it drags out and if it becomes a longer-term issue for them. But right now... I mean, he seems to be skating by okay. Fox is not reprimanding him. They just extended his contract right before this all broke. They knew it was coming. They still extended his contract. So, I mean, I think we're going to see Bill O'Reilly on the airwaves for uh, the foreseeable future.
3: Right, and if advertising isn't there, do then they just float this and just keep it on the air because it gets good ratings. Like that's the I choice mean, of the the millions of people a night. Yeah. That's right. It's it does really really well. So they could very well say, okay, if it's not going to get the advertising, we'll still support it. That is their right, and we'll see what happens. But if advertisers decide this is not something, then you're going to probably see a lot more um, direct response to advertising. One eight hundred numbers up there because that usually is a good sign. That there were plenty well, of
0: those last night.
3: That you you get a lot <laughs> of that on those programs sometimes, but you'll probably see a lot more of them and less of those, you know, Fortune five hundred companies that are willing to put their brands in the middle of that.
1: Okay, well, that's one to keep an eye on. Uh, We're out of time, unfortunately, but thanks so much for joining us. Join us next time on the WSJ Media Mix Podcast.
2: WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously.